relatively okay day out in global markets. Uh, and uh, certainly the big winner of the day today uh, being PGMs and gold. Uh, Palladium uh, just shy of 2,200 US dollars an ounce, uh, up 3%, over 3% uh, over the course of trading today. But Snezipo Manindra joins me to take a look at the latest out in company and political economy news. Snezipo, good evening and welcome. Um, evening, Aya. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good, good in yourself. Good, good, good. Can't complain. I want us to maybe first take a look at... Um, the latest coming out of the liquidation process of uh, Comair. Now, uh, these are the guys who operate British Airways on uh, franchise licensing agreement and will also operate Gulula. Uh, and uh, yeah, fallen on some hard times. Uh, they were in business rescue, um, came out of it, went back in, now liquidated uh, or in the process of being liquidated. And it seems the franchise partner, British Airways, wanting a new South African partner. And I also saw another story, which we'll come back to about uh, the spanner that has been thrown in the works of the business plan of Lanseria Airport, operated by Harith, uh, who are also involved in Dakarzo, uh, which I guess uh, might make them a likely consideration for British Airways. Um, yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, so, um, Con Air had a franchise agreement with British Airways where they would Slap, sort of slap on the logo and operate flights in and around South Africa on behalf of um, British Airways. It is a very good way to aggregate your airline without necessarily incurring all the capital expenditure um, attached to operating an um, airline. So unfortunately, due to Con Air going into uh, provisional liquidation, um, British Airways, which is the entity that holds which is based in the UK and holds the actual is the actual license holder British Airways is now on the market for a new South African operator to take over from Con Air. So what is interesting from me, particularly on this specific now that you mentioned the Harris connection, was that uh, Harris was one of the initial interested parties in buying um, Con Air. Mm. Uh, when it was still under business risky. Unfortunately, they were unsuccessful in that specific bid. They have now proven successful in the FAA bid. And um, like I said, uh, British Airways is shopping around. There are talks of possible contenders like your likes of your um, your STEM, your STEM Air, your uh, Lyft, which is part of the Takaso uh, Consortium. But what it, what is more crucial is that Unfortunately, the absence of Con Air, which had a market share of, I would say, 40%, has meant that there is quite um, there's a gap, and this is why we're spending so much money on flights currently, more expensive than usual. And we just have to just sort of see um, how the will turn out in that in that situation. Uh, the liquidators of Con Air have indicated business um, safety now applying for liquidation, have noted that they are quite a few interested parties who are interested in the entity. But what makes this thing quite challenging is that all the assets, and I think they have at last count a fair value of $3.5 billion worth of assets already um, already already pledged to um, um, secured creditors. So there is very little asset value, but there is um, there is sort of an existing operating model if you can convince the creditors to extend their terms. But it depends on how this process will unravel. But 
it is, it is. It, I think, I think when, when we think of, um, let's say, the Harris being part shareholder in the Lancer, um, Lancer Airport, and if you look, if you live around Joburg, I think around the northwest of Joburg, and you notice the amount of development that is happening around the area, uh, it's all, it's, it's all sort of come crashing down and being on pause. And it's it, not Let's pause just for a second and take a quick spot break. When we come back, I'll allow you to conclude that point. Twenty-two minutes it is after seven PM. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro, and uh, joined on the line by Snezipo Maninja, independent market commentator, analyst, and CA Snezipo. Uh, you made a view just before we went to the break. Uh, yeah, please continue on that score. Um, I was saying, um, I was that um, I'm, I'm interested to find out um, how, from a business perspective, how um, Harris assumes that all of this will play out because of the fact that. The expectation when Comrade was still operating, that was all pre-COVID, that um, they were, there was a lot of development happening around the areas, and a lot of that development has come to a standstill. And there's a desperation, I think, just from a, just even if we have to think from a congestion perspective, that uh, the guys continue to find a replacement to Comrade, but I'm not sure how that is all going to fit in. And yeah, it's but, but Snesipo, I mean, I guess the other element that I'm quite interested in hearing your thoughts on is we know British Airways operated at a particular segment in the market. We also know Kulula operated at a certain segment of the market. Um, and of course, maybe Kulula more than British Airways um, was open to operating the budget airline space. And of course, the Lanceria connection comes in there. Uh, as you said, Harris had expressed an interest in, in the business rescue process, they didn't succeed. I think the Comair sort of family came in and, you know, did their thing. Um, at this stage, um, I mean, we saw some reports earlier on saying they might be looking to pick up the carcass of whatever might be left of Comair. If you were sitting in the position of Harris, Tsepo Mashwele and the team there, which pieces would make more sense to you on the back of, I guess, the infrastructure investments that these guys have in the aviation space? I would say um, right now, um, for me, you want to take the branding, um, the branding, the branding. And because the idea is that you've got, on one hand, you've got the the transaction they're really dealing with right now, which is the FAA transaction. Um, FAA is more is, go, and is more going to be a, a regional airline, regional airline with various code sharing. For me, the Kulula, the low-cost option, because as far as I'm aware of, Mango is not part of the FAA transaction. I do stand under correction, so just in case anyone wants to see me, I stand under correction. Um, I stand under correction on that point. Uh, so there is there is that level of um, consideration in terms of uh, that, specific, um, that specific opportunity, which is the low-cost airline, which I believe, for me, is where... You're pushing volume, is which I believe is the most attractive, specifically when you look at it from the Jerburg to Cape Town because that's where the the gap you can see the gap, specifically the Jerburg to Cape Town specifically. 
um, because it wouldn't make sense for them to, to apply for the franchise license if they buy SAA. That another play would need to come in for that specific because it's not part, from my understanding, it's not part of their initial uh, business model or what I think the business model should look mm. like. Okay. So that's because you've got the regional player, you yeah. might as well complement it with the, you might as well complement it with the, um, with the, uh, um, with the low-cost airline. Mm. So just hold the line there for me for a second. We've got a, a bit of an issue that we need to sort out quickly. So just hold the line for me. We'll come back after this. Okay. 27 minutes it is after 7 p.m. I'm joined by Snesipo Maninjwa, independent commentator and analyst and CA, uh, to help us take a look at uh, the latest happening out in the markets in our wrap of uh, the top business stories. And uh, Snesipo, just uh, you were making a point earlier on about even the distribution of roots and, of course, uh, the role of Harith. Um, and I might also add, I mean, the likes of Global Aviation as well, you know, uh, uh, who are the partners um, in the Takatso Consortium alongside Harith. Yes. And um, like I said, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of scope. I think there's a lot of scope, um, scope for, the, for, for the guys to be part of this. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um We'll see exactly how this plays out. I'm interested to find out. I would like the situation to be resolved earlier. Um, the quicker, the better, because I just think all of us, we are tired of paying a fortune. The price to go to Dubai, to go to Cape Town, it makes no sense. We are tired. Mm. <laughs> that, for me, is more, more, my, more, my, more my position. But also, I mean, which one are the lucrative routes here? Um, I mean, if you think about the Com Air banner, um, I think since since Mango left, the uh, budget airline industry has become a lot more competitive. We've seen a lot more of the likes of Sam Air, Flysafair, and others. Um, you know, what do you make of that? Um, yeah, like I, I do think uh, it, it has become more um, more, more, more profitable, but. From that perspective, that it should be noted that um, the high, I think, fuel prices as well as uh, the limited passenger numbers has also um, sort of curtailed maybe, the, I think, the opportunity set. I think we're still very much, the airline industry is still very much in recovery mode. Even when you check the guys in tourism, they know, they're not there where they were in 2019 numbers. Mm. So it's still, it, it, it's still, for me, there's still a bit of work that needs to be done. Yeah. Let's shift away from from this one just for a second, Snesipo. And, uh, you know, the aviation sector is certainly a story we're going to be following quite closely. And shift to the coal sector. Tungela Resources spun off from Anglo-American's thermal coal business, uh, giving some guidance to the market here. Trading statement for the six months ending 30 June 2022. Um, and uh, yeah, earnings expected to increase on the back of uh, strong benchmark coal price for thermal coal and higher realized prices in the first half of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, certainly, I guess, giving them uh, a lot of support. What do you make of uh, these numbers? But also, I guess, uh, at a time when, you know, many financiers are being, you know, made to be very reluctant to even fund any capital investment in the world of coal. And Tungela has been on sort of on the lucky side. I think it's always about opportunity and luck with these things. Mm. Um, as a result of the conflict in uh, Russia, which has just 
um, Russia Ukraine conflict, which has just increased by multiple, word is multiple, um, the commodity price and land for thermal coal specifically. And it, 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 it financiers, financiers, although you've got all these um, conventions about climate accords specifically, when you say fun, financiers are not funding greenfield projects for coal, but they will fund brownfield. So, and it, i.e. existing operations, and you still have, I think last week you had the um, uh, coal, um, uh, the, G, the mining in dollar coal energy transition. There's still a lot of value in coal states because you have the likes of guys talking about um, Sariti as well as Singela and Zara talking about the opportunity sets specifically within coal. And there's still, for me, a long tenure of coal. And with the prices where they are right now, the, 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 I think we spoke about it last week, um, the hesitancy of um, uh, Russia to maybe uh, continue to supply Europe. You're going you're gonna to have this scenario uh, play out for quite a bit of time. On the, although they put in a higher profit, in, uh, profit um, um, indication in terms of their earnings per share and their earnings per share, but it also indicates, I think, within their... Um, guidance that there they have been increasing costs and when we talk about increasing costs we also talk about the auxiliary costs as it relates to um, the issues around um, the issues around uh, transit specifically the opportunity cost loss mm, mm. and and you know I guess for these guys I mean historically most of the coal players if I think back even to Anglo-Americans coal business from where Tungela comes if I think of West Coal now Salungano if I think of Exaro and, and there are many others um, a big part of their sort of operational planning would always affect it in the fortunes of you know their contracts to uh, ESCOM plant um, and I guess we're in a mo- mood now where export prices are much more favorable what implication is that going to have uh, for the security of supply for ESCOM, where you don't have as many cost plus, uh, you know, contracts anymore, and a big part of these contracts are fixed term, you know, fixed price contracts, and uh, if prices continue in this vein, um, many might not, uh, I guess, be willing to give their high grade stuff to the utility. Um, yes, um, yes, of course, of course not. Um, many talks. Uh, it, it is what it is. Many talks. I think. Uh, I think we're all uh, we're all fundamentally aware that money talks. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. But um, it is what it is. And um, like I said, I was always surprised. <laughs> and then I'm so sorry. Oh, um, bless you, just, bless you. Okay. Sorry, um, I've always been a fan of the contract model because I just think it's a way, it's an easy way to secure your supply. However. That fell out of favor a couple of years ago, and uh, because it was sort of the inverse, where the commodity price was cheaper than the cost plus. Now we have a situation where we have cost plus is cheaper uh, than the underlying commodity price. Oh. Are you okay? Then? And yeah, no, no, I'm okay. And so you've got the situation where. Um, You'd rather export, even with the shipping costs, even Mm. with the tracking costs, you'd rather export because it's more profitable for you. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. I think think there needs to be a lot more conversation, nuanced conversation, specifically as 
as it relates <laughs> to the coal Bless industry you. in South Africa and how does it participate in um, our growth story? Because fundamentally, we have the resource. We just you can't not use the resource that you have. We're also seeing, I mean, Snesipo, surging demand from many, um, you know, in, yeah, I guess traditional export markets out in Europe and even, uh, you know, uh, put aside, I guess, the challenges out in China, but many parts of the world still demanding high-grade thermal coal. Um, and I think with what's happening out in Ukraine and Russia as a massive price driver, um, if we're likely to see a lot more of that, are we likely to see this kind of guidance from many coal counters? Coming to it. and this is yes, I see this continuous for for at least for at least the next calendar year, at least until we have sight of um, the challenges in Russia specifically. But um, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. It's difficult to call anything out because or call anything out too far in the future, mainly because of I think we've seen the impact of this uh, war, and I still believe that. The aftershocks is something that we are yet to experience, and they are going to be coming. The aftershocks, as I like to call them. Mm, mm. And then, just as we wrap up, uh, I guess an interesting story here: Ma- major protein source, in particular for poor working class households, and those are frozen bone-in chicken portions, but also political hot potato because a lot of the stuff is being dumped in our markets. Uh, from markets where, you know, many of the consumers don't eat that stuff. They eat the, what is called the white meat, the fillets and so on. And, uh, yeah, what do you make of this one um, f- coming out of the International Trade Administration Commission? Uh, I think I think, I think it, 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 it should have come sooner than early. I think we've discussed it before the level of dumping and how it, it really, really, really hurts our industry mm. and how it... For me, ethically, the concept of dumping where you are putting uh, your price in a country where it's below production cost mm. is, uh, for me, it's just a high unethical business practice as a way to capture market share. Because ultimately, poultry farmers have had a very, very um, challenging um, challenging operating period. And it is a staple food in Africa. So uh, I'm glad the tariffs uh, they're now going, they're now going ahead putting on the, the tariff. But I also think that they should have acted sooner. On your end, Snesipo, I mean, in a context like this, um, many people might say it opens up the possibility for, you know, massive price increases from local producers. Um, you know, what would your expectation be? Because, I, I mean, certainly from a policy perspective, you don't expect a situation where, you know, this type of duty protection ideally should also be associated with some investment in, you know, their own capability as producers um, in order to be able to at least maintain prices within a particular range or else, you know, it might defeat the entire purpose. Yes and no. So, yes, ideally, you want your sector to be more competitive. No, in that, if we look at the constraints currently in the value chain, I don't see where that was that additional capital cash flow would come in. Because unfortunately, poultry chicken, because of who eats it, is very much a low margin, high volume, high volume, um, 
high volume type of product. And unfortunately, that needs very little room. And you do have, unfortunately, again, very, very few players. Mm. It is dominant. Oligopolistic, if, if I can say. Yes, quasi, quasi, keyword quasi. And that does present a few challenges um, for, I think, um, for the players as well as the government acting as sort of the oversight to sort of have interventions. Mm. So it, it's sort of like the first day, I'm, 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 I'm in between us because I can, I can argue both sides, uh, argue both sides. And it also speaks to the role, the early role that we do. And that's why I think, I think transformation and greater competition intervention mm. should have been done two decades too late. We're now stuck in a situation where we sort of have to protect an industry against global harm, but at the same time, it's not doing what we needed to do. Yeah. It's an industry that must transform. It's an industry that must invest. It's an industry that, uh, in cases where there's significant vertical integration, where these guys are, you know, planting the yellow maize that feeds the broilers and doing everything, even downstream. It's also one that, uh, yeah, all of these barriers to entry also need to be broken up. But Snesipo, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Yeah, that there was Nesipo Maninjo, independent market commentator, analyst and CA. And we continue to lead with that story. Uh, EMPD confirming four people killed in the Tembisa protest. We'll come to that in the next few minutes or so. But let's quickly check in uh, with many of you who have signed the register out on Facebook on at Metro FMSA. Uh, Lagzin Mabungu saying, uh, yeah, with us from Makwarela, next to Mubulani, Tebuho Dilapisho, with us all the way from Kahiso saying, Yaitandale show. Talwando uh, Velem out at Kong and uh, Liliwe Kotani out in Cape Town. Bantu Makubalo out at Kaili Chai Culture. Inok Muahi saying Olanjaya together till 2100s. Arash, go to Inok, but we know Inok all the way out in Naledi. Lumkanjoli, Ushelnati, uh, Ivory Park, Midrand. I certainly hope you're safe there, Lumka. And uh, you might want to tell us uh, what's happening there, whether or not some of the issues out in Tempis have spilled over into some of the other townships out in the uh, East Rand or in the Rand. Tembani Ndwayana with us from Kabeha. Uh, still saying, Godfrey Chifura listening to us from Gwenani, Yamapodi, Wenda, and uh, Mapoloba listening to us all the way from Eteguini. So we are with you from all the corners of our country, from Eteguini to Ekebeha, uh, you know, to Ekaeli, Cha, to Ekong, to Ekakheso, and even out there in Makwarela where Lagzin Mabungu is with us tonight. Let's take this brief break. When we come back, we head out to Mambisa.